Awesome, you guys got your Bibles tonight? Oh, oh hello. Hey, there I am. I'm back. Woo. Awesome. My voice is gone already. I'd hate to do it without a microphone. I tell you. Man, I'm excited about the message tonight. And, uh, you know, about a month ago, I, I did an offering message on this passage. And I really believe tonight that God wants to expand it a little bit for you guys. And, uh, and so if you've got your Bibles tonight, I want you to turn to Exodus 16. You know, God has called every one of us to be a generation that would possess this land. That we would be a generation that would go into our schools, that would go into our workplaces, that would go into our communities, and that we would take and we would possess the spiritual atmosphere in those places. You know, Pastor Mike's been talking about our metrons in the morning and, uh, you know, and possessing that, possessing your world. You see, friends... God has got a promise for every one of you here tonight. God has got a purpose. He's got a destiny. He's got a plan for your life tonight. Far beyond what you could ever imagine. Far beyond what you could ever believe. You see, friends, God is calling every one of us to walk into what he's called us to walk into. But how many people know that life's difficult? And at times, life is not always fun. And, you know, I really believe that there's some of you here tonight and it's like you're going through the wilderness. You know, I was praying last night and I saw just chains with balls on people's ankles and I saw people just dragging them along. And I believe tonight God wants to break them off. Tonight God wants to break off every restriction. God wants to break off every limitation. God wants to break off every little bit of just frustration because you haven't seen the breakthrough. See, for some of you, it's like you've been walking in the wilderness and it's like, God, I can't see the way out. Maybe your wilderness experience could be you might have been praying for healing. You might have been praying for your friends. You might have been needing a financial breakthrough. You know what, Stephen Tara, your house is going to sell. Your house is going to sell. You know, I really felt God just, just, you know, just bring you to my heart this afternoon. I was thinking about what I was preaching tonight, and I really believe that as you guys have sown faithfully into this house, you're going to see far beyond God's faithfulness within your property that you're believing to sell. And I believe the season is not long. The season is not long. Lord, we just claim it. We declare. Lord, we declare, Father God, sale, Lord, in Jesus' name. Top dollar, Lord God. Father, speak it into this circumstance and declare it tonight in Jesus' name. You know, for some of us, it could be things in our lives that we've been struggling with, habits, mindsets. You know what, friends, tonight, the chains are coming off. Tonight, the restrictions are coming off. Because you see, friends, if we're going to take Hawke's Bay, and you know what? Whether you're an evangelist, Whether you believe it, whether you're even interested in it, we're all called to take a hold of this city. We're all called to take a hold of this town that we're in. We're called to see the church enlarge. We're called to see the church take dominion over every situation. But it starts with you and I. You know, we see here the Israelites, and as you know, they've been stuck in Egypt some slavery and bondage and and Moses, God appears to Moses and he says, Moses, I want you to go and appear before Pharaoh and I want you to just command to let my people go. 
And how many people know the story that Moses went and the first time Pharaoh said, I'm not letting them go. These are my workers. These are my slaves. Man, they're the ones that get things done so I can sit around and do nothing. And you know, it took Moses time and time again, but he continued. He continued. He continued to push on. He continued to keep going. He didn't give up after the first time. You see, God's calling us as Christians to be ones that would not keep going up and down, but that we would keep rising above. That we would keep rising above. That our lives would be a a lifestyle that would continue to grow, continue to go on. That doesn't mean we don't face trials, but and we don't face situations that are tough. But it means in those that we don't, we're not up at one moment and then the next day we're down. Because you see, God wants us to be consistently walking in faith, consistently walking in faith, knowing that our God is a good God, knowing that our God is a God of the breakthrough. You see, and as, 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 Egypt, as the Israelites were freed from Egypt, how many people know that as they were fleeing out of there, they faced an obstacle, and that obstacle was the Red Sea. But you see, nothing's too big for God. Nothing is too big for God. Nothing is too big for God. And as Moses stood there, he declared, and he spoke to the sea to part. It parted. They all walked through on dry ground. And when the uh, baddies were chasing after them, they were all washed away. And so here we get to Exodus 16, and, uh, and we start in verse 1. It says, Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elam and, jour- and journeyed into the wilderness of Sin, between Elam and Mount Sinai. The wilderness of Sin. You know, that doesn't sound a very nice place. Even by the name, you can tell that this is a place that you wouldn't want to be stuck in, that this is a place that you wouldn't want to hang out, that this is a place that you wouldn't go on vacation the wilderness of sin was a vast and hostile environment of sand and stone. Vast means extremely large. And hostile, it's an unfriendly place. So here they are, they're in the uh, wilderness of sin, a vast and hostile place that is huge. And how many people know that at times when you're in a, going through seasons of, of just things aren't going well, life's not treating you well, it's like you're stuck in a wilderness, maybe you're just tired and you've lost your first love for God, or maybe you're looking for a breakthrough and it's as if the problem appears to be so big, so large that there's no way out. See, I bet these guys would have thought the same thing. The wilderness, large. It's not... A place that if you just look into the distance, you can see a city or a town. This is large. This is huge. You look and you see nothing. Nothing but wilderness for miles and miles and miles. Hostile place. You know, for some of us, we're stuck in that place tonight. And the situations that we're in seem so large. The friend that we've been praying for, the obstacle seems so large. And maybe for some of us, it's even gotten hostile. I'm not your friend anymore. Get away from me, you freaky Christian. Hostile. Who's been in those hostile situations before? Awesome. It means you're in the right place. And so we can continue on. And they arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. And the whole community started to complain. If only the Lord hadn't killed us, had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There they sat around pots filled with meat, and they ate all the bread that they wanted. 
But now, God, you've brought us into the wilderness and you've starved us all here. And you brought us here to die. Pretty gloom, really. You know, here we have a people who've just seen the miracle of God, not once, but twice, freed out of slavery, seen the Red Sea part. And here we have them moaning and complaining because they've been in a, in a land that is, that is vast, that is huge, that is hostile. And now here they are complaining because they have no food. And they're starving and they're hungry and they're complaining. And they're, God, why have you left us out here to die? You see, for some of us, we're complaining. We're moaning. We're negative. You know what, friends? Negativity never gets you ahead anywhere. You know, negativity is a trap that the devil will try and bring upon us to keep us bowed down, to keep us weighed down, to keep us in a place that won't cause us to grow. You see, we've got to get out of the negativity. We've got to get out of being finding faults with everything. We've got to get out of complaining and start to stand in faith and know that God is a God that is a God of victory, that is a God that will provide. You know, your situation might be as bad as these guys. You see, God had promised them that they would go and possess a promised land. A land full of milk and honey with everything that they desired. But because of their lack of faith, there's a whole generation that never even entered into the promises that God had. Because they never learned from these circumstances. They never learned that God was a God who provides. They never learned that God is a God that will faithfully bring them out of the situation that they're in. And tonight I want to show you in this passage how God did provide for them. But you see, one thing we can learn is that we've got to get out of the negativity. We've got to get out of seeing the faults and seeing the problems with everything. And we've got to start to, to adopt an attitude of faith. You know, negativity is not faith. You know, we can say, oh, but I'm just giving you constructive criticism. There's nothing constructive about criticism. You can offer your feedback, but there's nothing constructive about criticism. You see, we've got to stay in a place of, of being positive. We've got to stay in a place of keeping that element of faith about us. You see, and as they complained and as they moaned and as they groaned and as they said, oh, we should go back to Egypt. You know, the interesting thing about these guys is that in the midst of hard time, the first thing, their first response was that, we want to go back to the old place. We want to go back to the place of the bond where we're in bondage, where we're in slavery. Let me ask you this. Whenever you face pressures, whenever you face difficulties, what is your first response to that? Do you run back to your old habits? Do you run back to your old mindsets? Do you run back to your old ways of thinking, your old ways of doing life? Oh, life's hard. I'm not going to get up and pray anymore. I'm not going to read my Bible Allow negative thoughts to come into your mind. Allow insecurity to come into your, into your thoughts. You see, God wants us to continue to walk and break through. Walk and break through. Walk and break through. Walk and break through. Even when a tough time comes, we continue to walk and break through. When difficulty comes, we continue to walk and break through. And we say, God, that is my past. That is my old ways. And God, I choose not to go back there. Because you see, friends, you choose. You choose. You choose in that time of trial, in the time of wilderness, in the time of being tired, in the time of feeling like you're lukewarm, like you've lost all your passion for God. You choose whether you go back to your old ways. You see, God has given you the way of victory. 
God's given you the victory. God's given you the victory, and you can walk in that. But even when you're walking in that, you can still choose to go back. Friends, don't choose to go back. Don't choose to go back to the old ways. Because God is a God that will continue to take you on and to new ground, to higher places, to new victories. We've got to keep faith. Keep in that place of faith. Keep in that place of faith. Keep in that place of faith. You know, I believe the first thing that we've got to do if we are stuck, when we're stuck in the wilderness situation, when we're feeling lukewarm, when we've lost our passion, we're looking for breakthrough, life is just downright mess. You know, the first thing, friends, I believe we've got to do is we've got to rejoice. We've got to rejoice. And you can say, but Steve, how do I rejoice? Man, don't you know this is hell on earth? Friends, I've been there. We've all been there. You know, I look at when I was just a teenager, and I was, uh, hadn't been saved that long, maybe two or three years, and, and both my wife and I were faced in a situation, we were dating at this time, and we were both faced in a situation that was heart-wrenching, that we felt was, was unjust, that we felt was, was put on us, and, and it wasn't justified. But you see, friends, we had to choose what our, we had to choose what, what our decision would be. You know, whether we would submit to what was going on in our life, and this was a leader within the church at the time, and we had to submit because God had placed him as a leader over us. I mean, you know, and everything that he was saying would just tear me apart because, like, man, this can't be right. But you see, friends, as we chose to submit, as we chose to obey, as we chose, God made a way. God made a way. God made a way. No, you know what? We totally believe that part of why we're here today is because decisions that we've made in tough times. And we believe that that was one of them. When we wanted to go one way, they said, no, we want you to go this way. You know, that was tough because we felt God had called us over here. We felt God had called us to do this thing. And you see, many people would blow out of that and leave and get offended and they're out of here. And, and you know, and we could have done that. And let me tell you, it wasn't easy. It was hard. But as we chose to submit to leadership, as we chose to lay down our own desires, lay down our own, our own ways of thinking that, that we should do it, and submit, God came through and blessed us abundantly. You know, I totally believe that because of that, if we had have chosen another path, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be fulfilling the call that God has on our lives today. If we didn't submit in that situation, in that season. You know, in verse 4 in, in Exodus 16, we read on and it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to rain down food from heaven for you. Each day the people can go out, they can pick as much food as they need for that day. You see, even in their time of difficulty, God provided. In your time of need, God will provide. And you know, friends, as we rejoice in that situation, as we stand and we declare that God is a good God, that God is a faithful God, that God is a God of miracles, that God is a God of breakthrough, we will see the power of God move. As we, don't, as we stay away from negativity and we keep in that place of faith. Romans 5 verse 3 to 5 says this, we can rejoice when we run into problems and trials, for we know 
that they can develop our endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope we will not lead to disappointment. You see, friends, we don't need to be led to disappointment. We can rejoice. We can rejoice. We can rejoice. And it goes on to say this. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Instead of running away from the wilderness experience, God wants us to run towards the wilderness experience. Instead of turning back into old mindsets, God wants us to stay in that place, rejoice, and allow God to walk through us. You see, friends, God never allows us to go through anything that we can't break through in. Every trial that you're facing tonight, God has given you the answer to break through as you rejoice in Him, as you stand and rejoice every day. You know, we were believing for our, young, for our oldest son, Zach, when when, when uh when Al fell pregnant, we were believing that we would have a supernatural birth. We read the book, Supernatural Childbirth and everything. And Well, I didn't, but she did. And uh, I was supporting her, you know. And uh, here, darling, I'll buy you this book. You read it. And, uh, and so, you know, we were believing that God would just, we would, it would just be one of these, you know, brilliant one-hour labors that just get in there. Whoop! Baby comes out. Woohoo! You know, stand there for a night, go home. It's all good. Yeah, it's easy. Yeah, it's easiest job ever. You know, but I'll tell you. It was the birth from hell. 22 hours later, from start to finish, he wasn't coming out. He was stuck. They had to get in there with the forcep thingies and, you know, put around his head, pull him out. But you know what? I don't believe that that was my destiny for that day, that I was supposed to be stuck in the labor room for 22 hours. But that's okay because I love my wife. And I'll support her and, you know, even the vomit over my arm and all that kind of stuff is all good. That's right. <laughs> that wasn't pretty. But what I want to say about that is this. That even though we prayed and we believed and it didn't happen the way we thought, in that we could stand and rejoice and know and declare that God is a good God. And you know why? Because, see, he came out with this hematoma thing on the side of his head that he had to stay in Skaboo for a few days. They said, look, it'll just, you know, he was, he was bruised up. He looked like he'd been in 10 rounds with some dude in the boxing ring. And, uh, and the doctors said, look, that'll be there for, you know, a month to six weeks. You know what? We could have been all down in the dumps about that. We could have been full of negativity, complaining, moaning. God, why? We prayed. We read the book. Come on, God. Others have had supernatural trials, but what's going on, God? Did you not listen? Did you not get our order? But you know, we stood in faith and we declared and we rejoiced the fact that he was out, that he was alive, that he was well, that he was going to be normal. That, and, and we just prayed and stand and declared that this setback would not hinder him. And you know what, friends? The thing had gone in one week. One week. Completely gone. Medical said, doctors, it's four to six weeks. You see, God can break through, but you've got to rejoice in it. You've got to have an attitude of faith. Amen? You know, the second thing is, and as we look down into verse 10 in Exodus 16, I'm just skipping along here because of time, it says this, that, uh, so here they were, they'd, um, they'd complain, God said they'd provide provide bread, quail at night, manna, 
in the morning. And in verse 10, it says this. And as Aaron spoke to the whole community, community of Israel, they looked out towards the wilderness. And there they could see the awesome glory of the Lord in a cloud. As they looked out to the wilderness, the vast, hostile place. As they looked out into the situation that appeared to have no end, that appeared to have no answer, that appeared to have no breakthrough, they saw the glory of God. You see, friends, the devil wants to keep us weighed down. The devil wants to keep our heads down. He wants to keep the pressure on the back of our heads. He wants us to walk down with our heads down, feeling weighed down. Just all we see is just in front of us. But you see, friends, God, and this is my second point, God wants us to lift our eyes to Him. God wants us to take our eyes off the circumstances and allow the circumstance and allow the wilderness and allow the, the lukewarmness and the heaviness and the pressure of finances and, and the pressure of society and the busyness of life. God wants us to not allow that to weigh us down. Because as it weighs us down, it stops us from seeing God. It stops us from seeing the victory. It stops us from seeing the answer. It stops us from seeing the breakthrough that is in the wilderness situation. As they looked, they saw the glory of God. Friends, as you lift your eyes towards heaven, as you lift your eyes towards God, you will see the glory of God in every situation, in every circumstance, no matter how hard, no matter how impossible it seems. God wants us to lift our eyes. Lift our eyes. Lift our eyes and look. Look to the Lord. Look to the Lord. You see, friends, there we find the answer. It's there that we find the breakthrough. But as you continue to walk with your heads down, as you continue to allow the pressure to weigh you down, you can't see the things that are in front of you. You can't see it. You can't see it. Tonight, friends, some of you have been weighed down. God wants you to lift your heads tonight. God wants you to lift your heads tonight. God wants you to lift your heads tonight and get your eyes off the circumstance. Get your eyes off the situation and start to look. Start to look towards heaven. Start to look towards God. And as you do, friends, you will see God in that. You will see the presence of God, the glory of God as you lift your eyes. You know, the third thing is we move down into verse 13. It says, That evening vast numbers of quail flew in and covered the camp. The next morning the ground and the camp was full wet with dew. When the dew evaporated, flaky substance as fine as frost blanketed the ground. The Israelites, the Israelites were puzzled when they saw it. What is it, they said to each other. They had no idea what it was, and Moses told them, it is food from the Lord. He has given us to eat. You see, we've got to position ourselves. Friends, we've got to position ourselves to receive what God's got for us, to receive the blessings that God has. And as we continue to read down in, in verse 19, it says, Then Moses told them, Do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't listen, and they kept some of it until morning. But by then it was full of maggots, and it had a terrible smell. After this, the people gathered the food in the morning, enough for each family according to its need. 
And as the sun became hot, the flakes that were left and were not picked up melted and disappeared. You see, we have to position ourselves for the blessing that God has, for the breakthrough that God has. As we position ourselves to walk in, as we position ourselves to take a hold of what God's got, he says they had to get up and they had to go out and get it. You see, God has things for you every day. God has revelation for you every day. God has new things for you to receive every day. God has answers for you to receive, breakthroughs for you to walk in. But you see, friends, we've got to get up and we've got to walk in it. We've got to get up. We've got to grab it. We've got to take a hold of it. You see, they could have stayed in their camps. They could have stayed asleep. They could have stayed there. And they would have missed it. You see, the Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, seek first the kingdom of God. You see, I believe God is calling us to seek Him first. And as we seek Him first, we will start to see God break through. We will start to see God and the answers and the, and the words and the presence of God and the fresh revelation that God has for us as we seek Him first. As we seek Him first. You see, we have to get up. I believe God is calling us to push on and push forward. To push on and to push forward into the presence of God. You see, God is requiring us. And you know, I know for myself that it's different when you get up early and you pray. You know, I've tried to find every reason why not to. I can do it at night because I don't like the mornings. And, uh, you know... But no matter how hard I try, you know, there is something different about when you get up early and you pray. There is something different that comes around your life. If you don't do it, then I challenge you this week, get up every day and pray first. Seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God. In the morning as we get up, we seek first the kingdom of God. We position ourselves to receive what God has for us in the day. I challenge you as you get up in the morning and you pray that your prayer life, your word life, your walk with God, your week is totally different. Totally different. Because you're now walking into the world with the presence of God, filled with the presence of God, filled with the presence of God. You see, it says that the flakes that God had for them that was there in the morning in the frost as the sun came out, it baked and they disappeared. You see, how much do we miss what God's trying to speak to us? How often do we miss the words, the fresh revelation, the fresh encounters of God that He has for us because we're tired? How often do we miss, friends, the answers to the very thing that we've been praying and asking for because we're tired. As we get up, God has for you and I things that He wants to show you, things that He wants to speak to you about every day. Every day. Every day. But you've got to get up and you've got to get it.
You've got to position yourself to receive. A band can come out now. I'm just going to come up now. I'm just going to finish with this. You know, it also says about manna, and this is in Numbers 11, verse 7 to 8. It says this, that the manna looked like small coriander seeds, and it was pale yellow like gum resin. The people would go out and gather it from the ground. They made flour by grinding it with hand mills or pounding it in mortars. Then they boiled it in a pot, made it into flat cakes. You see, even though God had prepared the manna for them, even though God had provided for them, they still had to get up, but then they still had to prepare it. They had to grind it. They had to smash it and break up the coriander seeds. You see, friends, sometimes God will give you seed forms of revelation, seed forms of understanding, seed forms of a fresh word from God every day. But you see, friends, you have to then develop that. You have to then develop that. You have to then grind it and meditate on it and, and allow God to just to break it open to you more and more. You know, it might be that God, is, God even says a simple word like, like son or daughter whom I'm well pleased. And you might look at that and think, yeah, God, that's, that's cool, but what's with that? That doesn't mean a hell of a lot. But you know what, friends? As you start to allow that seed, as you start to allow and meditate on that seed, as you start to meditate on that word and you start to allow it to fill your mind and, 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 and flow into your life, as you allow it to transform your life, then I tell you, you then start to change the way you think. So you could just look at it and grab that word in the morning. Yeah, it's a cool word. Excellent. But the more you think on that, it will change your thinking. As you allow it to become a part of your life, as you allow it and meditate on it. That simple word, son or daughter whom I'm well pleased, can change the whole way that you think about yourself. There's so much just in that short sentence. As you start to meditate. See, friends, God's got a word in season for you. God's got a word in season for you that He wants you to grab a hold of, that He wants you to take a hold of it, and He wants you to rejoice in that. He wants you to meditate on that until it becomes a reality in your life. You know, with the heads bowed and eyes closed tonight, You know, maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus. You know, friends, tonight, tonight is your chance to become and, and give, your, give your heart to the Lord. And you know what, friends, it's the best decision that you could ever make. Maybe a wilderness season, maybe the things that you've been going on, maybe you're looking for an answer. You're looking for, for an answer to life. What is the meaning of life? You know what, friends? It's found in Jesus Christ. It's found in Jesus Christ. It's found in Jesus Christ. You know, maybe you've lost your first love for God. You've lost your passion for Him. And maybe you've walked away. You know what, friends? Tonight you can come back to that place of your first love again. You can come back to that place 
back into a relationship with Jesus Christ again. And I just want to ask you tonight, where do you stand before the Lord? Where do you stand before the Lord? You know, when you die and you you go and stand before Him on Judgment Day, it's just you and Him. It's not your friends that aren't with you. It's just you and Him. You and Him. Where do you stand tonight? Where do you stand tonight?